Stalkerware are apps installed in your phone or computer that allow some to spy on your location, browsing history, and more. But what if you find the software on your phone? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET security expert, Laura Hotalo. Thanks, Laura, for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right, so first off, can you break down what Stalkerware actually is? Yeah, so these are monitoring apps that usually somebody else has to get access to your phone to put them on, and they can basically turn your phone into a total surveillance device. They can turn on your mic or camera, they can read what you've read on the internet, intercept phone calls and texts, so there's really nothing you can do with your phone that the person installing the software can't access. And how do I know if Stalkerware is actually on my phone or computer? It's really hard to know because the apps try to disguise themselves. They might have an icon that looks like a calculator or a battery monitor. And then when you go and look in your settings and see the list of apps, you'll see some random app name maybe you've never heard of. It doesn't necessarily say, you know, I'm spying on you. So if you're looking for it, you really have to be very um, thorough and, you know, do some research and figure out, you know, is this app something that I installed? Is it something associated with spying? Got you. And can you give me some examples of how the info gleaned from some software can be used against people? Yeah, I mean, this is really just uh, often associated with abusive relationships. So typically somebody who's using uh, a stalkerware app is looking to have more control over the other person in their relationship. It can make it hard for people who are trying to leave those relationships to manage that because they can't communicate with other people about their issues. And if they have already left, it can make it uh, all too easy for their partner to come find them. And, and uh, you know, this all sounds really terrible like i'm just curious why why isn't stalkerware illegal right so it is of course illegal to spy on someone without their consent or to stalk them but these apps do operate in a legal gray area because they are um can be used for legitimate monitoring of children or uh, even employees with their consent and so they aren't necessarily always associated with illegal activity. So that's why they exist and they're easy to download and use. I mean, how are they marketed? Like, obviously, stalkerware is a, is a terrible sales term. Um, but like, how, like, how do you find them? What, what are they called? So they call themselves um, monitoring apps or child monitoring apps, um, family safety apps. These are all things where they're, you know, you want to know where your kid is. You want to make sure they got to school safely or they came home safely. Um, some of them have geofencing, so you'll get an alert if if somebody leaves a certain geographic area. Um, and, you know, that is one use for these apps. However, some of them have histories of, you know, calling themselves something else like, girlfriend cell tracker and now suddenly it's being called something more legitimate sounding like you know uh, family locator uh these are examples of of uh apps that have tried to move into this legitimate space um and and not be associated with those uh more scary and unsavory uses so an important question here what do i do if i find stockware on my phone Right. So uh, that is a really important question because if someone is in an abusive relationship and they find that they have stalkerware on their phone, they have to decide whether or not to delete that uh, software. And uh, deleting it could put someone at more risk. Uh, it could the the person who's monitoring them will find out that the app has been removed and 
it has happened that when when the apps are moved, uh, partners have escalated from just stalking to violence or worse behavior, scarier behavior towards their partners. So, you know, that's a risk. Some people do decide that they would rather have it uh, off their soft, off their device or um, just get new devices is another way of dealing with it. Got it. So it's not but it's not as easy as just it's not as kind of dry as just delete the app. There are potential consequences, right? Yeah, that's right. And that's why antivirus companies will flag these apps uh, to their users, but they won't delete them. They leave that choice up to their users whether or not to delete the apps. And how do I actually go about deleting one? Is it just as simple as, you know, like deleting an app uh, normally like you normally would on an iPhone? Or is it a more complicated procedure? It can be more complicated and it does vary, but generally what you're doing is removing the permissions first and then deleting. Um, sometimes those permissions are, are kind of complicated and they have like administrative privileges. So there are guides for specific apps out there, sometimes even on the app maker's website that will have a guide for removing it. Uh, so it does sometimes just take a little extra research to figure out how to delete it. Got it. And when you're, you know, when you're Trying to come up with the decision of whether or not to delete. I mean, what are some of the resources uh, and, and, and groups that are out there for folks to uh, consult with before they make such a big decision? Right. So uh, first, there's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. They have a national 800 number that you can call and um, make a plan uh, to deal with, okay, if I delete this, am I prepared to you know, deal with the consequences? Do I have people who can help me if things get worse? Um, you can also take your phone to law enforcement. Um, and not all uh, police departments are equipped to you know, scan a phone right away and look for it and, and help you come up with a plan to protect yourself, but some are. So you know, if you want to use a combination of those resources, uh, you can come up with a, a way to deal with the situation. Gotcha. And uh, this, is, this isn't the last of our Stock Aware coverage. This is part of a limited series. This is just really the first story, but can you give us a tease of what to expect over the next few days? Yeah. So um, next, we're going to kind of really delve into how this is legal because there has been legal action against both the people who use these apps and the people who make them. Um, however, it's really rare to actually prosecute uh, either of those groups. And so we're going to get into why, why that's hard um, and why it also, frankly, it's hard for law enforcement to deal with it just due to a lack of resources and training. And um, we're also going to get into the other ways that uh, an intrusive or abusive partner can get into your tech and kind of how to take that back and remove their access to your accounts, your devices, things like that. Um, just some broader security tips. And just lastly, I'm really curious how you got into the story because this is, I mean, it's, it's definitely in the realm of security, but um, how, how did you stumble upon this topic? Yeah, so there's been a real push from uh, advocates and um, antivirus companies and others in the tech world to push back on stalkerware and a, a coalition against stalkerware formed and is kind of coming up with best practices how to define this. I saw a presentation from somebody in the coalition at a conference and was really intrigued at, you know, really how uh, this community that's used to looking for nation state actors who are hacking activists or, you know, hacking major companies or the military would turn their attention to this issue that's very interpersonal. You don't have some stranger in another country hacking you in this situation. It's someone you know, trust, and, and probably love. So it's it, it really fascinated me that this issue was there and that people were out there trying to come up with a solution. All right. Well, that's a wrap. 
uh, thank you, Laura, for covering this topic. It's a very important topic, and I'm glad we're delving into this in a, in a smart and sensible way. You can check out Laura's story and the rest of this package on CNET.com. If you have any questions, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.